Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you are well. I hope all is good with you in your world. I hope everything is fine. Um, we're fine here in Lagos, Nigeria, generally so. And um, we thank God for what he's doing. It's a very quiet Saturday morning here. And um, it's looking like it's going to be a semi-hot day. Not so hot, semi-hot day, but anyways, this is where we're at. So, yeah, this year has gotten off to a rare start for me. I feel like I ran out of the blocks. You know, I feel like, I actually feel like I'm sprinting at the moment because it's like things are just moving so fast and I'm covering a lot of ground and I give God the glory. He seems to have put wind underneath my wings, you know, so I'm, I'm just flying as in I'm just moving. Inspiration is coming things are happening he said to me this is my year of fruitfulness and i can see it and you know it's almost like i keep repeating the same thing every single day when i do this podcast but i guess that's why you will know that this is authentic authentically what i'm going through it's it's a phase i recognize that and um, i will continue to talk about it as long as it's top of mind because i believe that at least for me when if i speak for myself god works with me by he by meditating through things he helps me to you know i i I get the best results when i i reflect on something i meditate on it for a long time i stay on it you know so like if i have a you know i just that's that's what i found let me just put it that way so if i'm having for instance a season where i'm thanking god for things i'm having you know a spirit of thanksgiving it helps me when i stay in that space for a while you know like there was a period when you know there were there were certain songs i was singing and you know at the stage i was like are these the only songs but i later got to realize that i was in this there was something going on you know spiritually in my emotional space i needed to be with those songs those songs needed to be my songs they were the song for my season for what was going on with me then and it's not about trying to then spice things up and find variety it's about staying in it you know just stay there because this is the song that the Lord has prepared to minister to you, to speak to you at this time. And, you know, in different periods in the last two years, at some point it was Oceans by Hillsong. You know, that song is so powerful. That song is, I think it's right up there for, I, th- I would say, one of the most powerful worship songs that I have ever, ever heard. I can't, why I say it's one of the, is because I know that there are many great songs I can't think of anyone that is greater than that song because the words, the spirits, the power that it comes with, you know, it says, spirit leave, spirit leave me, spirit leave me where my, lead me, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders, let me walk upon the waters wherever you may call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander And my faith will be made stronger In the presence of my Savior Just saying that, I'm I'm coming out with goosebumps And then he goes And I will call upon your name And keep my eyes above the waves 
When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours. You are mine. So there's so much going on in that song. You know, it, it's a call to the Holy Spirit. Your heart is calling to Him. And you know, one thing I've found about God is that his yoke is really easy. I mean, God is easy. I'm, I'm really, you know, he's not a stressful God. It's just that people have painted him to be so stressful because he comes into your life. All he asks is that you receive him and he gives you the ability to be everything that he expects you to be. God does not expect us to do life by ourselves. He doesn't even expect us to do Christ by our own power. All we need to do is ask for the, for his grace ask for his mercy ask for his comfort anything that you know is you find is too but he doesn't even he, he doesn't even want you to come from a place from oh okay i can handle this myself but then the things i can't handle help me he wants you to us to get to the place or let me let me personal let me speak for myself he wanted me to get to the place where i realized that without him i could not do anything and that is when my breakthrough began to happen the greatest deception that any man, at least I had in my life, was believing that I could do life without Christ. And I, 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 you know, for many years I used to wonder why do people, you know, why do they go after drugs, you know, substance? I, I couldn't understand that drug thing. I just couldn't, I couldn't understand the feeling of wanting to drink and get wasted, you know, and, and I just couldn't understand that. Why would you, why would you not want to be in control, you know, of what you're doing? I couldn't get it, but now I, I get it. I get it because honestly man was never intended to live um, life outside of of God um, he was he was never intended to and that's why we struggle that's why we struggle we struggle because there is a component that is missing that is out of sync you know what I'm saying there's something that is there's a there's a glitch in the system we have no idea what it is and we're trying to fix the glitch and we, some people go to, you know, sex, some people go to money, some people go to substances, some people go to clothes, shopping, things, possessions, some people go into relationships. And every single one of those examples I've given, and so many more than I may not have, they always fall short. Always. Why is it that everything always ends up being a disappointment? I mean, think about it. Why is it that we live in a world where we have desires that can never be satisfied? Why? 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 W-H-Y. Why? Why? Is that the case? Why is it that? Because you would think that the same thing, whatever it is in us that created that desire, would also therefore have the potential to fulfill it. Because why would you, for instance, hunger, hunger is a desire you have, but then there's there is provision for hunger. Hunger, there's food, and there are different varieties of food. You can see that provision. Um, physical lust, yes, is there, and we can clearly see the provision to um, fulfill that lust. I mean, you have your physical organs, and then you have the organs of, you know, someone else. So there is provision. You can see that. But then there's these other intangible desires that you may have. A sense of just is and that one there is is like it's 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 infinite you can never be filled 
and you don't even know what it is just know that there is you are you are just looking for more and when you see people acquiring wealth acquiring houses some people even acquiring wives that they're just trying to feel they don't know what it is but they're trying to they're trying to make up for that vacuum you know what that vacuum is that thing that you're always looking chasing for that you can't find is god it's the absence of god in your life in our lives that make us do that because once and why do i know that i know that because over a period of events and things in my life when god came and filled the vacuum that i didn't even know that i had i stopped longing it effectively killed the other desires and i found out that and this is not something that just happened overnight again so this happened over like decades of my life even after being a christian i found out that those things no longer have the attraction that they used to have i no longer see them as um viable options that if i had i would be happy now rather i rather want to grow more it's, it's like i now in god in christ i now see that oh this 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 seems to be working so i now want more of him more of him you know that thing that he brings i want more of it more of him so i'm not looking anywhere else i'm not looking anywhere else but like i said now i get why people why people do drugs i've, I've always wondered that. But, but because really if you're not doing you're not doing jesus and again i think that's why a lot of people too are passionate about religion generally because man is clear that man needs something outside of himself to make them function and be able to cope with life so for me you know why like i said why i like the bible is that it gives me the answers that i want to know because clearly this world something went wrong somewhere you know you you can't you know you can't tell you something went wrong so that whole story garden of eden yes i believe it because it's clear when you look at this world that it was created to function in a perfect way in an orderly way but something went wrong somewhere very very wrong terribly wrong so everything that the bible says about what happened in the garden of eden you know the whole satan falling out of heaven angelic yes i believe it i believe it because why do i believe it because one there's a lot that shows that the world is like disrupted order there was there's order we can see it in the rising of the sun the setting you know the waves how everything goes how plants go we can see order in the universe but then the disorder in terms of you know animals killing people people killing themselves you know the um, parents turning on their children children turning on their parents you know you can see that there is something going on that is so there is order but there's disruption something has come to disrupt the order and then the fact that you know sickness you see a human body that has the ability to heal itself but then it doesn't have it the ability to to prevent itself from getting sick neither does it have the ability to stop itself from dying even though it has a seed of um, regeneration in itself in its ability to heal but then so it's like why the person that or whatever it is that led to the ability for the body to heal why didn't it take care of the ability to die why couldn't even it even have prevented sickness so i believe the version of the bible god did not intend it to be this way something happened man fell into sin sin brought consequences and made man mortal whereas he was created to be immortal 
and we still have that seed of immortality in us, which is why all of us think we're going to live forever. Has it, have you ever seen anyone, apart from people who really have terminal diseases and have been told this is the day they're going to die and they're really sick, most of us behave like we're going to live forever. Why? Because in our subconscious mind and heart, that's created in the image aspect and the likeness of God that is still in us, recognizes that we were not supposed to die. It also recognizes that our souls, our spirits, are eternal. We know. So whether or not, you know, people say, yes, I may not know for sure what it will be like when I die and where I go, but what I know is that my consciousness, I know, I know, I know. How do I know that when I when I leave this body, I will still have my consciousness? Because when we sleep, we still have our consciousness. And I personally think that sleep is a physical reflection of the fact that the difference between your body and your soul. So even when you sleep, I mean, sometimes I, I, I'm, I'm sleeping and I have conscious thoughts. Not that, you know, as in I wake up and I remember what I was thinking when I was dreaming. Was, you know, as in I actually literally... I, sometimes I even have conversations and I remember what I said and what I said in, you know while sli- um, sleeping in the, you know, in the dream or whatever is exactly the same kind of reasoning I would have had when awake so what does that tell me even when my body is asleep my mind is still conscious so clearly my physical body and my mental mind are two different things one operates in a realm of the subconscious which even though we cannot see is very real and exists is a real realm while the body operates in the conscious realm thank you Holy Spirit you are on fire this morning as usual so and I'm going to listen to this because the Holy Spirit is teaching me you guys must think I'm a very brilliant person and the Holy Spirit is just teaching me this is 100% gifts of the Holy Spirit this is the Holy Spirit talking I have these are things I, I myself have never I've never these words have never come out of my mouth before, not in this sequence, not in this way, not in this understanding. This is what happens when God speaks through a human being. So when I tell you that I'm a Christian not because people led me to Christ or because whatever, I'm a Christian because Christ lives in me. I'm a Christian because the Holy Spirit lives in me and I have a relationship with him and he reveals God to me. You know, It's a very real thing to me. This is not, we're not playing here. You know what I'm saying? We're not playing. We're absolutely not playing. So, so I, so I do know. And the Bible explains all these things. It talks about the spirit of man. It talks about the soul of man. It talks about the body of man. It talks about the mind of man. In fact, there's a scripture that says, Thou shalt love the Lord with all your hearts, with all your mind, with all your strength. It separates all the aspects of man's existence. It separates, it talks about the heart, it separates the mind. And it's true because, you know, the heart and the mind are two different things. I am a communication professional. And when we do com- um, communications, I also I, I, I am a consultant. When we do um, communications, we talk. We intentionally think about messages that speak to the mind, and messages that speak to the heart. When we want people to, when we are responding to sentiment, we craft the message to speak to the heart. We don't talk logic. In fact, how we as practitioners know the difference between, I mean, like if I see an issue. And then I see a message that came out from a brand or a business or an entity. I can tell 
the strength of the strategic mind or whoever it is that I can tell the level they are by if they try to respond with logic to a sentimental issue, then I know all oh, these people they don't know what they're doing. Because it's two different places, which is why you see people making emotional decisions that have no it doesn't make sense. How, why 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 would you handle this? Yes, because the heart and the mind, even though they belong to the same person, they are two different places. Are we are we are you understanding me? So the Bible explains all of this. I know psychology too also explains this. But what the, what science doesn't do is that, although I think some parts of psychology really, I, I would say, you know, really think more about these things than probably hardcore science that is, you know, very focused on. Um, so psychology studies the mind, which I really like, because psychology separates the mind from the brain. So while medical science, the doctors that we know tend to focus more on the anatomy of the brain, which is what is physically wrong with it, psychology focuses with that subconscious side of the mind, how the person thinks, how the thoughts form, how do the thoughts affect behaviors, beliefs, you know, and attitudes and all of that. So I, I would say psychology to a very large extent deals with the same kind of issues that the Bible shows us by talking about the spirit of man, the heart of man, the soul of man although psychology doesn't psychology doesn't talk about the spirit of man because that, that then talks about his state in terms of spirit um in terms of his spiritual state you know whether you are reconciled with god or, or not but psychology dwells a lot on the mind aspect of man i don't think psychology is competent to talk too much about the soul because then the soul is then getting into the essence of things like well i would just say psychology deals with the mind aspect of the soul the heart aspect of the soul, maybe to some extent, but definitely not in the spirit side of the, of the soul. So that spirit area is where the Bible then comes in and it ties up everything together. And I know every religion of the world probably has their own way of telling this story. But I think that the story of the Bible is the most complete because I think it gives to me it gives a holistic picture of spirit, soul, and body. Separates each one in a way that makes sense to me based on what I see and I experience on earth. And I like the detail that is in the Bible. It's very detailed. If you, if, if you can get a good Bible app like the Tecata Bible app, look for everywhere where spirit is written. Yeah, Tecata is T-E-C-A-R-T-A. It's, that book has saved me in seminary because... Sometimes when I need to do certain um, theological term papers and stuff like that, I mean, how am I going to compile all the references and I have to submit like in a, in a day or two days time. I just Google, like I just do the, they have a wonderful search engine in the app, in the tool. And if you write spirit, it will show everything that is spirit in the Old Testament, everything, in fact, in the entire Bible. If you want to narrow it down to a particular gospel, just type in Mark. Once you're in the Mark space, click on that soul to show you everywhere it talks about spirit and soul. So you're able to then see everything that the Bible has said about spirit and soul. And then you will see dif- different uses that that word is used. Sometimes the word is used interchangeably, like sometimes heart and soul are used interchangeably. But by the time you separate the uses for each of the um, places where they're used, a clear profile of what the heart of man is will come out at you. A clear profile of what the soul of man is will also come out at you. A clear profile of what the mind of man is will come out at you. That's how I use the Bible to understand life. 
So there are many levels at which you read the Bible. You can read the narrative of the Bible. You can read the story of the Bible. You can read the teachings. You can also read the themes. You know, righteousness, faith, love, joy, salvation, hope. You know, I've done all those searches and I will continue to do them because when you, it's funny, when you now, and that's how you know that God is involved. Because when you now, when you run those searches, you would not believe that the people that wrote it, they wrote it in different centuries, different decades, different generations, a pattern which shows you that the authorship came from one person. And that's where the Bible is different from other books because in other places, people are reading something read, read by one ma- written by one man, like me sitting down now and I write everything. But the Bible is written by, I think about 50 to um, maybe about 60 or 70 or 80 authors over different centuries. The scrolls gathered from different locations. In fact, if we do a reflection on how even the Bible came to be, and I'll recommend, please go and read the Bible. I'll look for the episode and I'll share it in another episode. Bibleproject.com, I think, does an episode on that. How the Bible even came to be is in itself a miracle. But what is shocking to me is the coherence. And the people who wrote each one may not necessarily have read the other scrolls. Even if they did, it's not, it's not possible for them to have unilaterally achieved such a coherence without plagiarizing the other ones. So these people would show uniqueness of thought, but it would be coherent, consistent, and aligned with what people wrote hundreds of years ago. So what comes out very clearly is, this is God speaking, speaking through men. The authorship, and we did this in one aspect of seminary where they said there's dual authorship of the Bible, that the person really writing is God, but that God is writing through different people, but is writing through those different people using their own language, their own tone of voice, their personality, but that somehow God's personality, tone of voice, and his intended message still comes through. It's amazing, it's a miracle, but it's true. I can say it because when I read from Old Testament to New Testament, different authors, different generations, different centuries, different millennials. Yet, I, when I search some of the words, I can see consistency of thought. A clear picture and a profile. It's almost like a jigsaw that comes out to me. For instance, if you Google faith, although faith is not necessarily, if you Google faith or belief, there's certain things you Google it or righteousness, you will see that God has always, his, the way he sees it has always been the same. When you talk about save me, oh Lord, you know, there are concepts and things that you see that he's always, he's been talking about it the same way from the beginning all the way through. And the, I think the best thing I like about the Bible is that it's universally applicable. And I think that's why people are Christians from all generations, tribes and tongues over the world the bible was actually god's gift to mankind to help us to navigate through this dysfunctional place that we find ourselves so um i'm going to leave it at that and i think i'm not even particularly sure what i will call today's musing or reflection but i think this is just really about the fact that i i would say that if you feel the need to get closer to god then draw near to him and ask him to come into your life god doesn't come into a place unannounced he doesn't come in except he's welcome and he doesn't come in uninvited he never does that 
so he's always waiting on us to ask him for help I, I don't know why he's like that really i i had a problem with him on that because i was like really you know what i need why do you wait for me to ask but i guess it's because first of all um he has always wanted willing worship he has always wanted willing service and that's the big difference between god and the evil one because the evil one wants coerced worship till today honestly if i come into any environment whether it is a faith environment and i see any leader that is demanding subservience demanding service demanding worship i know that the spirit of lucifer operating you i don't care who you are it's not as if i'll be rude to you no but in my heart i can already tell the dominant spirit operating in your life because the spirit of jehovah he doesn't coerce he doesn't force Neither does he wave his credentials in your face. The, the, as in, I'm the God of the Most High, bow before me. No, he doesn't do that. But who did that? It was Satan. When he saw Jesus, if you are truly the son of, he said, whatever, worship me. It's devil that does that. So whenever you see anybody, those people that want you to bow, you have a boss, they want you to bow. That guy, just don't, just know you're working for the devil. I'm not saying you're working for him, but the person that you are, your boss is operating, is spirit of Lucifer, 100%. Because God doesn't do that willingly when you check the the visions in heaven the 20 and 4 elders willingly cast their crowns before him there, there is nowhere in the devil where you see he that seated i mean sorry there's nowhere in the in revelation sorry where you see where um, um it's reported that god said oh ye uh, whatever worship me no it's, there's nowhere it is rather men Call it, saying bless the Lord. It is actually men willingly saying, "Oh, that um, men will praise you, Lord. Oh, you, you know that was worthy, O Lord, to receive." It is other people praising God, not Him, praising Himself, or, or demanding that people should worship Him. No. But He does affirm who He is. He says, "I am the God that did this." Mm-mm. Yes, it says that. But He never says, "Because I am, therefore." Rather, it is other people. The men, the created beings, that and that's what God wants. He doesn't want the one worshiping like oh, I die or worshiping like I kill you. It's the devil that does that. Like Nebuchadnezzar, when he built his golden idol, bow before the golden calf or we kill you. So all of those religions that do all that convert or we kill you, they are all operating under the spirit of Lucifer because that is not the spirit of God. And I think that alone for me sets Christianity above every other religion. I have no um, whatever qualms about saying that and I have no apologies for saying that so I'll just leave it there and, as then and I'll give it a name I should draw unto others I mean draw unto God and he will draw near unto you but this is just really about we God is making an open invitation to all of us he wants to come in to our lives and he wants to show us what it's like to do God to do life with God but we have to ask we have to desire it and his yoke is easy. Yeah, that's what I even call it. Come on to me. That's really what he's saying. His, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's, this is Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm quoting. Jesus says, come on to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he says, don't worry, my yoke is easy. In other words, I, I, why he says his yoke is easy is because whatever it is that God tells you to do, he gives you the ability to do it and the grace. He, he doesn't expect us to do it by ourselves. 
you know, I, I talk a lot on this podcast about, you know, this is what the Lord expects, this is what he says. But I'm not saying we should do it but because, in fact, our righteousness is as filthy as when we try to do it by ourselves. That in itself is already rebellion and disobedience. God expects that you should use the ability that he gives you, the grace, the leading. So the place to start is actually the place of prayer and say, God, help me, show me, lead me, guide me, teach me, change me, help me. And so it starts off with, 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 with wanting to do what is pleasing in the sight of God and then asking him. They want you want it, you want to ask him, then he gives the grace, he gives the ability, he gives the leading. And then things begin to fall in place. And then you can then run this race that is set before you. So thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and wonderful Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.